for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Brent Jones, former San Francisco 49er tight end and three-time Super Bowl champion, about this Sunday's NFC Championship game, the third time this year that the 49ers and the Rams will meet this time from SoFi Stadium. Brent Jones was on the 49ers in 1989 when they played the Rams in the NFC Championship game, the third such time that they played the Rams that year. We'll talk to him about what it means to play a team three times in one year and just how well the 49ers will stack up as they go for their seventh consecutive win over Sean McVay's team. We can talk about all that and more with Brent Jones, who joins me next. Today is Friday, January 28th. It's a pleasure to welcome for the first time to the Update Podcast, Brent Jones, former San Francisco 49er, four-time Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl champ. Brent, does it ever get tired here in three-time Super Bowl champ, man? You know, Adam, it never gets old. It, you know, it, and it is funny because what you remember is not the three that you have. You remember the two or three that slipped away. And, man, it would have been great to hear five or six-time Super Bowl champ. But, hey, you know what? We were there. We were uh, in an awful lot of battles and right there to the end in an awful lot of those uh, years. So it, it's always great. So you know what's been really cool about this NFL postseason, specifically for the Niners, is we're getting to hear from a bunch of guys who won the Super Bowls with the Niners because they're playing so many teams they beat on those runs. The Dallas Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers, and now we're getting to see the L.A. Rams. Any takeaway from you on, on well, I'm sure you've got plenty of thoughts and takeaways, but but on the Packer game itself, that's got to be one of the all-time great 49er playoff wins. What's your, uh, your analysis, your thought, your takeaway from that game? Well, you know, it was just so impressive to go into Green Bay – weather conditions and all the obvious things that you have and just kind of highlighting that, you know, the legendary times of Lambeau field and, and the, and the great rivalry there and, and going against Aaron Rodgers, who's most likely going to be the MVP this year and to shut him down. Basically they had the first drive and then our defense just went into overdrive and, and obviously we struggled a little bit offensively, you know, but to come away with the special teams, block punt and the touchdown and a couple field goals and that being all you need in Green Bay, it was kind of like rubbing salt in the wound, I think, because certainly they expected to score more points. And so I think it was a great defensive victory for us. We obviously played well across the board on the special teams and, and certainly we did some good things offensively. We could just never put together, you know, multiple strings and multiple opportunities to get into that end zone. But Hey, to come away with a win felt so dang good, Adam. I got to tell you, Green Bay fans were crushed and that makes it even that much better. They're salty about it. They are not happy that the Niners not only beat them here a couple of years ago in the uh, the championship game, now Rodgers 0-4 against the 49ers in the playoffs. Uh, it's been a really fun postseason. Let me ask you this. As far as teams that you hated or that you, you didn't like or had a rivalry with when you played, where do the Rams stack up? Are they above the Cowboys, right below the Cowboys, New York Giants in there? What's your, uh, what's your ranking for distaste with the Rams? Well, you know, the funny thing is you came in with a history and, you know, I was the only guy on our team that grew up in the Bay Area. So the Rams used to use the 49ers as punching bags in the 70s. And subsequently in my time there, kind of in the, in the mid 80s and in 90s, the Rams never became a force. There was a couple of years there with Jim Everett where they were competitive, you know, play for the division. We played them in the one NFC championship, but they weren't a threat by and large. And so the teams that you think of as massive 
rivals, the New York Giants, you know, coming out of the 80s and the early 90s. Certainly the Cowboys, the most hated. I mean, how can anybody top the Cowboys? The Packers were right there after the Cowboys. But this Rams team, of course, the Northern California, Southern California hated rivalry. It's there, but it hasn't been as exposed, I think, just because of the fact that in our heyday, the Rams weren't consistently challenging us, I guess would be the best way to say it. There was a a streak there, and I mean, gosh, I haven't counted up exactly, but we beat them 17 times in a row. And so (laughs) that that kind of takes the air out of the the rivalry. But certainly uh, this new iteration of the Rams is uh, is certainly potent and powerful, and I think it makes, you know, maybe it's the new rival uh, within the division. The Seahawks are kind of going the other way, and and you, you look at the Rams, and you think to yourself, gosh, this could be uh, the makings of something that pretty special. I'm not sure if Arizona is going to be able to have the staying power, but it certainly looks like this Rams team as well. So they could be uh, one of our new most hated. When you get to 17 consecutive wins against a team, and I don't often go to like tennis references. I remember Andy Roddick, when he was first getting hot early in his career, said that about Roger Federer. They said, uh, ask him about the rivalry, and he goes, yeah, it's not a rivalry because i got to beat him a few times first. Can't be a rivalry if only one team is winning, and otherwise it's just ownage. But when you think about winning 17 times in a row, how much did that affect the mental element of the game, not just for you guys, but from the other side of things? Did they roll in thinking, boy, this is bulletin board material, or was it just absolutely we're going to crush this team? I just felt like we were just always more stacked than they were more physical, better skill position players, better defense. And for whatever reason, they just didn't match up well with us throughout those years. And so not to take anything away, you always want to be respectful. They obviously had a a lot of good players, coaches, a good team, but they just did not match up well with us. And it's interesting, you know, Adam, because now this current iteration of the Rams, we're in their head a little bit, our current squad you know, with six in a row, with the way that we we handled them twice this year, I think the mental advantage in a pretty significant way heading into Sunday's matchup is with the 49ers. You know, no matter what has happened before, the Rams have to look and think and say, gosh, this team's handled us six times in a row. And I think that gives the 49ers not only the mental advantage, but just that extra confidence, that extra spring in your step to say, hey, you know what? We know that we can handle these guys we're a more physical front on both sides of the ball. And I think that's really borne itself out in the outcomes of these games the last few years. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. How big of a deal, and, and you guys did it in that 1989 NFC Championship game, and, and I think you'd lost to the Rams earlier that year in the early game, uh, week four, and then you come back in week 14, you beat the Rams 30-27. to 27. How big of a deal is it playing a team a third time in one season? Is there is there anything that goes into that, or are we just overselling that note? No, you know what, Adam? Just thinking about the third time playing a team, it just feels crummy. You're not going to spring anything on them that they don't already know. You've physically gone against the guy on the other side of the ball, twice that year a third time is like you got to be kidding me and so it's going to be a very nuanced game for anything new or spring something that they had the other team hasn't seen before and i think that lends itself to being in the 49ers advantage i just think that we've out physical the rams in the couple games this year now certainly the last game the rams jumped out on us we came back and we turned up the heat in the second half 
I think we got to stick with the running game. But that third time is, I just remember the few times that we had that situation, just going over the personnel and the films. And it's like, man, it's just so hard to play a team third time. And I guess anything can happen. You know, that's really the scenario, especially for, you know, one of the teams, it's not evenly split. You know, we won both games. And so I think the Rams have something to prove and the 49ers just say, Hey, we just got to keep doing what we've done in the past matchups. So makes for an interesting game, certainly a very interesting NFC championship game. It's funny you say, you know, it's, it's a grind to do that and it feels crummy. Then you look at the score from that, that 89 championship, 30 to three. <laughs> what, uh, what stands out to you from that game? You, you got a touchdown in that game, right? What stands out from that game? Is it Jim Everett going down or, or what do you think? It's funny. I gave up the three by and large. We had a, a drive going early on and I, caught a pass and took a shot and sometimes they just get their head on the ball and I remember fumbling and trying to you know go after it's like you're in a dream and you can't get to the ball and it was right there and I'm like gosh darn it and I turned it over and they they went down and scored and and I thought oh man I don't want to be responsible for costing us and then we just came back out and lit them up I think we scored four out of the five next drives we had I caught a, a a nice touchdown pass over the middle from Joe and it felt so much better. I, I could actually sleep that night. You always hate leaving the ball on the ground, but that's part of it. But it really wasn't a game outside of that, you know, that very early in the first quarter. And uh, there's nothing like that feeling, certainly, when you're in the midst of a game, knowing the other team's not going to touch you. It's just, a, it's just a feeling of superiority that you sometimes feel and we certainly had it back then. You don't always feel that, but I certainly recall in that game feeling it and having it. And as you know, the excitement about winning a, a playoff game like that means everything. Yeah, and that comes back to your original statement about you think about the ones you lost more than the ones you won, and you see your first thought there is, is not catching the touchdown. It's fumbling and allowing them to, to pick up three. Uh, it, it, the sting a little bit sometimes, but uh, not very many close games that postseason, I'd say, for you guys. A thought here on the on the Rams trying to stop the Niners this weekend. Is it as simple as, as shut down the run and make Jimmy throw? Because we saw them trailing late in the game in Week 18, and it, it didn't much matter. Jimmy marched downfield. What, what's your thought on what could be a problem for the Niners against the Rams' defense? You know, Adam, it's weird because if you would ask me, I mean, let's face it, that game was just a few weeks back, but something that's all of a sudden shown up is kind of the resurgence of Von Miller. And I don't know, I thought late in the season I had seen him play and he was there and he was, you know, obviously he's Von Miller, but he really wasn't making the impact that you remember Von Miller making in Denver. And these last few weeks, it feels like he's being shot out of a can. I don't know if he's healthier than he's ever been, if he's in better shape, if he's adjusted to the to the new system. But all of a sudden, he's on the radar and in a big way. And that scares me because I don't know that he was in that first matchup. You know, I think he maybe he had a sack, but it wasn't the same explosion off the ball that I've that I've seen in the last few weeks. And you know, with Aaron Donald, that's enough to handle for any offensive line. But all of a sudden you get one of the great pass rushers in history jacked up and ready to roll. That kind of changes the dynamic. So that part of our passing game scares me. We're going to have to do a better job in protection. I didn't think our offensive line played its best game against the Packers. I thought in our pass protection, we were weaker than I'd seen us all year. We were getting pushed back into Jimmy. Pockets were collapsing right away. We weren't getting, you know, certainly the right side a couple times. Just, you know, our guys got pushed back. 
seven, eight yards. You can't do that in the NFL. You can't have that. And so uh, we're going to have a challenge, I think, on that front. So we're going to have to run the ball. We're going to have to be physical in our run blocking. We're going to have to have Elijah, you know, have a big game like he's done for us so many times this year. But when you play the Rams and the way that we've played, establishing that run and then allowing that play action to, to come in behind that has been significant. But we've got to give Jimmy time. The other thing I'd like to see, Adam, and I mean, I'm not questioning our offensive coaching, but I'd love to see us move the pocket a little bit more. Jimmy's, you know, eight yards deep and standing in the same spot all the time. He's a good athlete, but he's not as adept at getting out and getting away. I'd love to see us run a few more bootlegs, have him move the pocket around and do a few different things there. So he's not always sitting in the same spot. This pass rush now, this resurgent Rams pass rush, scares me and, and obviously they've got some some good dbs but when when you have that pass rush it, it makes everybody look good but jalen ramsey is the guy and, and he's going to take away whoever our best receiver is and it'll be interesting to see what they do with him because i know there's times that they kind of put him in around george kittle which might not be a bad idea from their strategy perspective but we're going to have our hands full going against this rams d they're not going to just lay down like they have a few times this year. You make a great point about Vaughn Miller. That first time they played him, I think that was his first. He and OBJ, I think that was both of their first games uh, on the Rams. And seven sacks for him in his last six games. Sort of reminds you of the 2019 pass rush for the Niners where you know Defoe would move the pocket like Donald does, and Vaughn Miller's cleaning it up on the outside, uh, and they've been dangerous, as you mentioned, on the defensive end. One more thought for you on the way out here, on the other side of the bracket in the AFC, just because the storylines could continue. If the Niners get out of this game, it could be another blast from the past with the Bengals. I think the Bengals would like to see somebody else in the Super Bowl, but it could be a rematch of 2019 with the Chiefs. What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on that game here uh, as we get going with the championships this Sunday? Well, it's certainly interesting because everybody's expecting the Chiefs to win, right? And they've got the home matchup and all those things matter. But when you're a young team, and, and I view the Bengals as a young upstart team, of course, Burrow and Chase are a couple years out of college. You know, Chase being a rookie this year, there's sometimes there's a big advantage to being young and ignorant and I'm saying ignorant in the way that you don't understand all the pressure that's on you. And you just, you're kind of freewheeling it. I kind of feel like this Bengals team, they're young. Hey, maybe they make mistakes, but they've got some massive firepower. Their defense is certainly underrated. And the Chiefs, you know, we, we know what they can do. But, you know, all the pressure in the world is on the Chiefs to win this game. And they almost lost last week and probably should have lost. I don't know what the Bills were thinking on those last 13 seconds in terms of defensive strategy, but there's a lot of pressure. Everyone, the expectations are the Chiefs are going to, you know, run away with this thing. And man, I've been impressed with Joe Burrow and and his trio of receivers, and they can do a lot of damage. I'm not, I'm not really sold on the Chiefs' defense. I know at times during this year, people were saying, "Oh, they're a new team. They've got a great defense." Well, we saw that defense against Buffalo, and it looked like it. It was almost going against air. So I don't have a lot. Of, I don't hold their defense in that higher regard. So it could be another massive shootout. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs will probably win, but it would be a blast to see the Bengals and the Niners again. I think that would be great. So part of me is rooting for the Bengals. Yeah, it could be a lot of fun, man. Brent, uh, thanks so much for making time today. A fun conversation. Let's go get a couple more, huh? Maybe maybe go win two more and, uh, and, and lock up number six for San Francisco, man. We'll catch up with you down the road, Brent. Thanks a lot. 
Adam, sounds great, man. Nothing like like to do more than a, a Bengals Niners preview if, if we get there, and if Brian will have me back on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call you in a couple of weeks if it goes down, man. Thanks a lot, Brent. All right, buddy. Take care, you guys. Oh, what a fun conversation with Brent Jones, the legendary 49er tight end, four-time Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl champ. He knows a little bit about playing a team three times in one year and about winning NFC championships and Super Bowls. And could be a whole lot of history here if, if we keep going on that path of the Cowboys, the Packers, now, the, uh, of course, the L.A. Rams, and then maybe playing the Cincinnati Bengals or a rematch with the Chiefs could be one for the history books. It's going to be a lot of fun this Sunday from SoFi Stadium. Thank you to Brent Jones. Thank you to Brian Smith, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We'll keep bringing you the best and most important stories in Bay Area sports. On Monday, we're going to talk to Ken Rosenthal, the senior baseball writer for The Athletic, about the Hall of Fame vote from earlier this week that kept Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling out. Also, Sammy Sosa off the ballot, Tim Lincecum off the ballot. All things we can talk about on Monday with the great... Ken Rosenthal. Until then, enjoy the games this weekend, the NFC and AFC championships. We'll talk to you Monday.